some women may not know. They feel there's something else, but when they hear another woman who's connected, they're like, wait a minute, that sounds right. And women aren't afraid to explore. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. If you have lived half a century, certainly you have valuable skills, knowledge, and something you can share. Creating online courses on an appealing platform is another way to reach your audience, deliver your knowledge, and create an income source. I've been a Kajabi user for over five years, and I'm continually impressed with the amazing capabilities, options, excellent support, and the dedication to continue to innovate and provide the very best to their users. It's everything you need from soup to nuts to house your pearls of wisdom and share with others. To get your first month free, go to www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. That's www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. And get your first 30 days for free. Today's guest is Roberta Cohn, the Chief Executive Officer of Gifted Taste and founder of Transcending Wellbeing. With a mission to celebrate all women forging their own paths to live in the moment while consciously creating a life they desire, Gifted Taste produces intimate retreats in Los Angeles for all women on a journey to holistic wellness. Inspired by awakening to her own full potential to self-healing, Roberta shares her personal approach for sustainable well-being and inner peace through the principles and practices of transcending well-being. I just love that. And I cannot, I cannot say enough how excited I am that you're here today, uh, Roberta. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. Um, I just want to give the audience a little bit of background about you and how you got to the place that you are right now. Sure. Um, so my journey started probably about seven years ago. And for most women, our journey probably started before that. But our recognizing our journey was about seven years ago. And what I realized was that as an anesthesiologist, there was a part of me that wasn't being fulfilled in healing. And it wasn't about curing. As I continue to see the fragilities in traditional healthcare system, our Western healthcare system in particular, I started realizing that women in particular were suffering more so than men. I think on a couple different levels, I think women are such, we are much more sensitive human beings and we're so much more multidimensional in other ways. Um, And in a patriarchal society, we don't honor that. So I think many women are left to be feeling like there's this part of them that can't be expressed. And that is actually causing dis-ease and ultimately physical disease. This is why we're also seeing a greater number of autoimmune disorders in women We're seeing greater digestive disorders in women, more anxiety, depression. And this isn't something, the trend is getting worse. And I think the most um, pressing part of it is that as women continue to be the leaders in the household with our children, if we're not able to rise up and really be grounded in who we are and our health and well-being, our children won't be as well. And we're starting to see this. Prior to the pandemic, we saw a rising incidence of childhood anxiety, a lot of issues regarding the well-being of our children, increased suicide rates. So we know that the existing paradigm for what was going on in the world and society in our homes needed to be disrupted. Mm -hmm. So I think in recognizing that, and I was at the seat in my anesthesia practice, I was practicing with a tremendous gastroenterologist and we were seeing many, many patients coming through and the patients were getting younger. And these patients all had very similar complaints. And it was the stress that was in their lives. 
So it was not about a mass in their stomach. It was not so much about an infection for the majority of them because a lot of the procedures we did came up negative, which was good for them. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it really awakened me to what was going on in our world. So fast forward, what I realized was that I needed to continue kind of going inwards and feeling what really soothes that other part of me that was that need. And so today, as you so beautifully put, Elizabeth, Gifted Taste has evolved not only to gifted retreats, holistic wellness retreats that support women in these kind of bespoke tribes, but it's also about gifted health making sure that women's issues, particular issues unique to women, are being addressed. These are complex issues. They're not something you can give a pill to. And traditional medicine has given us that pill. And the issue with that is it's not solving the problem, but it's actually causing more damage. And finally, Gifted Taste is really about spiritual wellness and medical tourism which will launch in 2020 and it's a 2022, excuse me. And it is about bringing people who are all on this journey that started maybe with the retreats in the beginning and realizing now that they want to continue touching or traveling around the world, connecting with other communities while they're healing themselves. So that's kind of where we are today with Gifted Taste. Wow, that is incredible. That is so incredible, Roberta. And I have, of course, a million questions for you, but um, I do agree on all levels that, you know, Western medicine is allopathic, meaning that like you're saying a pill for the, this and a pill for that and this, and it's not really looking holistically at the entire situation. And it's great for a broken leg or things like that. But when we have a chronic issue, there's deeper, there's deeper things going on. And I love that you're, you're talking about this because it's always been something for me that's been an issue, especially with women and all the, this is what heart health this month is heart health. And, you know, women um, are, are dying from heart attacks more now, heart disease. And it's just an incredible, um, we need to be aware, but we have to do it differently, just like we have to, to look at this differently. So I would love to know a little bit more about how does your retreats look? Do you have practitioners there? Do you have people talking? What goes on in the retreats? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So our retreats right now are virtual retreats. Uh-huh. And what we do is we create these bespoke retreats around certain cohorts of women. So every woman has a tribe and she may have many tribes for different things. And what I do is I co-create with a woman who is founding this and she wants to be able to, again, nurture her tribe with information, content, compelling information, but in a way that's different than in the past that's given. So we kind of integrate it with the arts, culture, and cuisine because in, like you so um, brilliantly pointed out, it is so holistic, our approach. Yeah. And when we look at it from education and entertainment, that is what sticks and, and what people take away with because it's relevant to our daily lives. It's one thing to be able to speak to it in a lecture hall, but to be able to apply it contextually so that we can integrate it and change our behaviors because it is about flipping the paradigm and changing our behaviors, right? Because we gain that new perspective through the mm-hmm. retreats and then we ultimately know how do we integrate it. So your question about the people in um, the retreats who are guiding them. So what happens is I first facilitate the mm-hmm. retreat, but ultimately it's about handing it over to the person who's actually creating it because they're the ones who know better than anybody who their tribe is. 
And what we do is we pull from existing resources. And these people who usually come to me are women who are already enlightened. They're on their journey. They already have their holistic healers. Every woman has her tribe of people. So what we do is we tap into those people in her network and say, how can we create content now? Maybe it's even guiding those healers in your world or those people you want to speak um, into speaking more about this. And what I do is I bring in the energy of the universe. I look at what's going on in my world, what's going on in my community, what's going on in the global world, and what's going on in astrology and cosmology. And I pull that in and I say, so this month it feels like that this this is the energy, this collective consciousness. Who in your tribe can we bring in to speak to that? And if their forte is to speak on one aspect, can you ask them to speak on this? Because what that does it actually further engages the speaker who probably is already so well, so versed in what they're doing, but it's giving them an opportunity also to shift their narrative for a new audience. And then you're speaking to this audience that is, is hungry for this specific topic. So it's really about harnessing the energy of the existing platform mm-hmm. and then building from it which is so much about what women are. We uplift other women. We are best when we are collaborative. Oh, right. You're so right. You are so yeah. right. The community is so strong. And yes. women are a force when we are put, we're put together. Absolutely. And, you know, once we guide women into stepping not into the power of their leadership, which is what we're seeing, we've been seeing women come into their leadership. But what I hope to do is, you know, taking some of these women outside of their household, And this is where you and I come together so beautifully, Elizabeth, is when you talk about what is the next career? What is the next step? There's much more. Let's evolve that. And when we bring these women who are already leaders, let's say in their household or in their existing work environment, and they want to pivot, what we say is let's look at you and all of the things that, you know, have brought to where you are today. Not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Let's build on that, right? Because there's a reason you were called to that other career or that other path. So, and because women, we look at that and as mothers, right? As givers of life, we, all we do is pivot. That's what we do in life. We pivot, Daily. We want, right? You say no, I'll yeah. say, let me show you this, right? And <laughs> right. in the most beautiful way. Yeah. So it's also for women to step in the leadership role in their authenticity. Now, this is the difference between what I continue to hope to push forward. So much of what we're told we're supposed to do is based on the male model of success and what business looks like, right? Mm -hmm. We have to do it differently. Otherwise, we'll end up just like we are today, but further along with, and because we're so good at what we do, we'll actually do more damage if we go along this patriarchal paradigm. So what I'm trying to say is, let's kind of go further inward and explore. You have this beautiful outside. Let's tap into that deep. What was, what was that source? What is your inner truth? You know, and I hope it's really about women connecting to their spiritual autonomy. And, you know, and I think that is the core of what our retreats are about. What is spiritual autonomy? What is your spiritual autonomy? And then this point in your life, it looks very different than what it would have been five years ago. And it'll look very different five years from now. But the common thread will be that you are functioning, right, in your relationships and work and home and family um, from a place of your autonomy of sovereignty yeah true power so i think that's the one difference in our retreats that we do and and of course you know we bring in other people who want to uplift you know women so it's really gift of taste is really about uplifting women-led ventures um women-driven organizations Mm -hmm. and also 
next generation social entrepreneurs. So these are our millennials. These are Generation Z. I have three children that are Generation Z. They are the ones, because they're guided by women like you, me, Elizabeth, and so many in my tribe, my multiple tribes. Yeah. These women are more, I mean, these children, men and um, and boys and girls, are more awakened than we were ever at that stage. Right, right. I think that uh, we're the trailblazers, you know, our our age group, and uh, we are looking at approaching life differently. We're 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 <clears throat> this whole twenty twenty and and the chaos that, that was going on was a dying of the patriarchal and this new feminine, uh, you know. Uh, divine, you know, divine is coming forward. It's, it's more of uh, how we're going inside, aligning with our true selves, um, going with life a little bit more fluid, just like you said, five years ago, five years from now, how we, if we really have a good handle on who we are authentically, and then all the things that we've done up to this point, for a reason, just like you said, for a reason, all these layers have brought us to this point here and now, because we are going to deliver something else. And so this is a whole new thinking. And I believe that our age group is the, are the trailblazers for this because our parents didn't have this opportunity. We have an immense and fabulous opportunity to show those coming up that it can be done a different way, that it doesn't have to be just the linear patriarchal uh, way of doing things. And that has worked for a long time, but now it's time for a change. And so that is so exciting. So the people that come to you, have they already realized this, this about themselves? Or are they, they've realized it and they're seeking more to connect? Or are they, some of them seeking this true nature, really trying to seek out what that is now and all the, the wonderful things that, and experiences that they've had to bring that together and then say, what's my next? I mean, you yeah. must meet all kinds of different people I on do. their journeys. I do. And sure, that's such a beautiful and irrelevant question. So we're seeing both. Because again, women, as we continue this collective consciousness, and as we continue to tap more into our intuition, some women may not know, they feel there's something else. But when they hear another woman who's connected, they're like, wait a minute, that sounds right. And women aren't afraid to explore. So we kind of go down that path. And maybe, you know, we touch into it. I've had people who came and then come back later on. Now they're ready. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Then I have other women who already know, like, where have you been? You know, so, and it's because, well, I've been building this, right? And now I'm ready for you. And so now let's come. So we see all different types. And it's interesting because it's not just women. I'm seeing men who are coming to me as well and saying, can you do this? And I can do a female centric. I can create to help them curate, cultivate, and nurture their female centric audience. They mm -hmm. won't be in it for say, they'll be in the back, in the back supporting this because we do need the men to yes. support us. We do need men to empower us women with action. That's the thing. In the past, we've had many husbands who say, oh, honey, yes, I support you. But when it came down to sacrificing, right, that they had to pick up the children then, if it's my wife's career, they couldn't do yeah. it. So we love that the intention was there, but 2021 is about next step. 2021, and I loved what you said about tapping into what was going on in 2020 and 2021. But if anybody's familiar, or many people are, I'm sure on your podcast, familiar with numerology, 2021 is the number five in the universal number, uh -huh. which is about what? Disruption. Yeah. We're about instability, right? We're about flipping that. So what is that saying? We are going to continue to do that. So, you know, so people who are coming forward are the ones who are um, 
along that entire spectrum. I actually have also young social entrepreneurs who are creating businesses, thriving businesses in college. Mm-hmm. And they're coming and saying, well, we want to continue building this, our community. How do we do this? So in that, I'm helping with their market strategy and saying, okay, understanding, kind of clarifying and crystallizing what their vision is and clarifying what their mission is. Right. Because again, one of the things that in the patriarchal model of even marketing mm-hmm. is you go out and do as many as you can. It's in numbers. But yeah. what I'm saying is it's not in numbers. It's in the quality, right? Yeah. Most of us know in marketing, the most effective marketing is your ambassadors. If you have one good person, you'd rather do that and spend so much money on PR. I truly believe that. I know that there's going to be a shift. Even in traditional marketing, there are many industries that are ripe for disruption. Traditional marketing is one of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's print marketing and just getting out there. It's really now, think about what women do, though, in our circles. We talk and we share. Yep. Right? Because now we also, right? And in this era, when there's so much confusion about what is real and what isn't, Right, you think in the past when I was going, if you went to the news, that was a gold standard. Now it's like, where's the news coming from? Is it Twitter? Is this right? We, we don't know. know. Yeah, that's right. So, what is the universe? The synchronicities in saying you got to go inward. You got to look for your inner truth, and you have to find that, ground that in that. It's not going to be reaching out, which we've done in the past. And yeah. it, you are so right. And I think it's almost what you're saying is the word of mouth. Having having someone speaking about. This is this is um, kind of curated and vetted, and I've experienced this, and I want to I want to give you the opportunity to to experience it as well. And then right. it's in these communities because that's, that's what I'm busy doing too. Is just really connecting and creating communities. And you and I need to uh, overlap because I think that would be so powerful. You and I, oh, um, I on, so. on a on an event because I just think it'd be fantastic. And how convenient that you live in Los Angeles as well. So that re- <laughs> that works out really well too. <laughs> because we are the wellness capital of the world. Yeah. So there's yeah. an issue going on here. Yeah. Okay. And I think that we're in the right place too because um, this is new and uh, Los Angeles is about new. And um, yes. it's, so we're, it's no mistake that we're living here in yes. this time and, and right now in this time in history. Um, so the getting, you said you're helping women with marketing and, and the way you're doing it is in the same kind of premise of, it's the community. It's the people speaking about it. It's the word of mouth. It's, it's that connectivity. It's so different. We're turning everything, this disruption, but I'm, I'm actually happy about it because I just know that so many women are leaving the workforce right now because they're, they're taking care of their children and they can't do it all and they're leaving. And so we're losing a huge segment of, of uh, people in the workforce. But I think that this, because I'm always the glasses half full person. Uh, but I think it's a good thing because I think as, as women, if we, if we come together and say, this is how I need to work. This is how I need to show up. And it has to be flexible. And for that, you get all of my brilliance. But I can't come and sit in the cubicle <laughs> and leave my child somewhere. And, you know, I have to be able to be, to be fluid here. At that fluid approach to life is feminine. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. And I love what you're saying. And I too, as you know, we're both glass half full, but I think we're glass half full because we're tapping into our intuitive self, which is all purely, you know, creative and hopeful and building and nurturing. Yeah. Along those lines of women, I actually look at it also this way, in addition to how you're looking at it, when women are stepping out again, what the universe is also saying for us is to, you've done some work, now go back inward again 
and figure out, really crystallize, what is it that you want to see when you come back? Because we'll come back. We'll come back full force and even more so than before. But we have to have a clear vision of what we want. And when we start seeing this, just like you said, we're realizing, no, this doesn't work this way. This isn't. We can come back and demand what we know. Because at that point, when we come back, that's the patriarchal system will have continued to go down and we're seeing sicker men in the workforce. We are, we're truly seeing that. And actually women who are also following that paradigm, they are no different. Their health profile is just like what's going on with the men. So what we need to be able to do is to step back and say, you know, those women who are really gunning, maybe during this, they've had to step back a little bit for their children. That's a good thing, but it's all in our mindset, right? How do we approach it? Because again, the same, you know, like Albert Einstein really uh, beautifully said, no problem can be solved from the same consciousness that created it. We must learn to see the world anew. Oh, I love that. Right? I love that. How powerful is that? Yes. And this is what women are doing. If you also can recall back to ancient wisdom, certain Buddhist sects and Hindu sects, they, also, they always honored the woman during her menstrual cycle, right? Because mm-hmm. it was a powerful time for them to what? come into a tribe. They would go into the huts. Western society would look at that as they're being banished because they're dirty, they're unclean, they can't work. Traditional history in in society, what they looked at was that this is a time where their wisdom, right? It's the moon cycle. They're going inward for the new moon to really kind of cultivate and nurture, tap into their intuition. And what is that next step? So when they come out, they have been in this tribe, right? Cultivating and nurturing each other they bring back to their tribe all the gift of brilliance. And I love that you use the word brilliance because in traditional Western society and also the patriarchal society, we look at intelligence and knowledge as being king. But guess what? Look at the internet. We have so much knowledge. In fact, it becomes very confusing, right? With all of this knowledge. So how do we take knowledge make it into intelligence, right? Which Mm -hmm. is utilizing the knowledge into something of a greater good. And brilliance is up here. And what is brilliance? Brilliance is shining the light on others, uplifting Mm -hmm. others. So I love when you use brilliance because that is what women do. And when we can step into that power of authenticity, we actually move away from that need to compete with other women because that's the male, that's the male paradigm. That's the young paradigm. And we are yin, right? So the world, it's about balance in the world right now. How do we create greater balance, you know, with grace and with love and with femininity and creativity? Oh my gosh, that is so true. And I have noticed in in the different conversations that I'm having and just in life in general, we, our age group, we're turning around and saying, let us help you up to the the ones behind us, the ones coming up. We're not doing the, um, you know, glass ceiling, type of thing that, you know, back when I was first out in the workforce and, and trying to make my life happen, there was a few women and they didn't really want to share the secrets and share all of that. They were fearful. That isn't the case anymore. There's definitely room at the table for everyone. And we really want to share it because we know that in doing that, we're all going to be more powerful. We're going to have a better world. We're going to have a brilliant world. So that's the way we're looking at it. And we we know that that has to come from within. That has to come from within every one of us. Instead of the separate outside, you're over there and I'm going to, you know, win. And that kind of uh, whole thinking. So it's a lot of shift. It's a lot of shift. And of course, you and I see it. 
but it takes time. It and does. I think that each and every one of us, though, literally having to be go inside and be in our houses, we were forced. It, it just could not go on any longer. That's right. And so this whole thing, again, about women, you know, in the workforce and um, they're, it's snapping. They can't do it anymore. This whole right. expectation of you're not, you're supposed to pretend you're not a mother. You know, that's not supposed to be here or that they don't get opportunities because they are mothers. They just get passed over for an opportunities. Um, right. I just think this flexible idea of, of work is great. And, you know, to the health part of it, the shoving down of all of this and knowing where we keep oppressing, suppressing our inner self, our true self, that does show up in all kinds of illnesses. And, you know, there's a book, you know, the body knows the score, that kind of thing where we store these things in our bodies and we start really wearing down. And I'm sure you, you see it, you've seen it. You know, people are mm-hmm. ill from, from sort of suppressing, Absolutely. Their, suppressing their brilliance, which is so powerful. Yes, yes. How can you suppress that? You know what I mean? That's right. It's just... That's right. And, you know, the amazing thing is that this inner wisdom, we knew from millennia, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, we often looked at disease as starting, it's the mind-body connection, and it starts in the mind. Yes. Different emotions, right, are harbored in different organs in the body. What are we experiencing now? Autoimmune disease, which is what? Your body is rejecting itself. Now, why is that? Why is a body? If you just stop and take a moment to think about it, somehow organs in our body aren't recognizing itself. Has it become so distorted that it sees it as a foreign body? Go back to toxicity, right? We talk about environmental toxicity, but the most potent thing is actually emotional toxicity. So, but they're all connected. But the emotional toxicity, like you said, women know there's something in their inner knowing. Mm-hmm. And then outside says, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. No, I'm not fine, you're fine, you're fine. This energy, right, right. Is suppressed inside. Why are women getting more autoimmune disease? Going back to sensitivity. Women, because of who we are, the divine feminine, one of the beautiful things about us is we're sensitive. But think about in the patriarchal society, sensitivity is a ding against us. You're too sensitive. You're too emotional. But for preservation and evolution of our species, if we are not sensitive, our species dies out. Yes. The earlier you can become sensitive to a change in your body, the earlier you can pivot, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of suppressing that sensitivity, we need to honor it and look at it. How do we do that, right? Looking at the synchronicities in the world and saying, what's going on in the world right now? It's the new moon. Okay, I got to step back. I'm going to go through my, you know, period. I need to cultivate myself. I don't need to just take a pill and just keep on gunning through. I've just got to step back, right? Looking at what's going on in, you know, in the the month of um, February, for instance. February is about love. But love was always outwardly looking. What can I do to give? And what can I do to receive from other people? Think about that is all capitalism, right? You buy things. You go out and buy. But ultimately, love should be if you look at it from a perspective of unconditional love for himself, nobody has to buy me anything. I don't have to even actually physically buy myself anything. Right. But what is, if we look at a different definition of love or unconditional love, and I always tend to look at it as a, it's an unwavering commitment to never forget and always live our inner truth. That takes a wow, lot of work. Wow, that's fantastic. Right? Yes. That takes a lot of work, but it doesn't cost money. It doesn't cost, it doesn't money. cost money. But yeah. it makes us really, truly happy. 
Yes, it makes us truly happy, truly. And, you know, can I just also comment, Elizabeth, you said something that was so powerful about women sitting at the table. And I came across something on LinkedIn this morning and it said, and a man said this, I'm talking about men empowering women. He said, not only do we need more seats at the table, we need more tables. And you kind of alluded to the table reference. And I think that's true. We need more tables of women. And beyond the glass ceiling, what we're also seeing is what what women are doing is stepping into their cognitive corporations of cognitive diversity, really pushing that forward, I think that is also continues to be a trend in the future. Our neurodiversity, recognizing how different we are, and mothers are seeing this first and foremost. We are also seeing greater numbers of children with ADHD, dyslexia, neurodiversity. But this is the brilliant thing. It's a rise in our collective consciousness. It's awareness. But children, going back to what Einstein said, they have a different level of consciousness, the ones who, are look, who have ADHD and different neurodiversities. Right. Looking at the world differently, which means they're, they're creating solutions. This mm-hmm. is this next generation social entrepreneurs, these creative social entrepreneurs that I want to continue to uplift. I'm uplifting the mothers, supporting them and saying, you've been supporting your child. You know your child has a gift. Everybody else is saying, your child needs to take pills. They need to calm down. They need to be in a different place. We need to put them, you know, give them all these different things. And the mother says, no, no, no. I believe in you, sweetheart. And we're going to figure this out. And the child, these children are brilliant. It's often, I often liken it to children who come into this world with some physical disability or mental are actually the ones that are fully evolved. They're here to teach us a lesson. Oh, I love that you said that. That is, oh, I've got goosebumps. That is so true. I honestly believe that. I do too. They're here to teach us compassion, humility, right? Empathy, unconditional love. Yeah, so we can evolve. It's not not the other way around. And here we're trying to fix them, right? Right, (laughs) I just love that you said that. I mean, just everything that you're saying is so incredible. and and that the these kids that are growing up and they're and they're coming into this new this new era, um, I'm interested to see how the workforce is. I don't think that the structure of the cor- corporation as we have known it is going to continue. Um, I think it's going to get smaller. I think it's going to keep moving around. I think it's going to have to be fluid. And I just always remember years ago in another lifetime, um, I had a client who had member beepers. <laughs> She had a beeper, and um, she 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 was an executive at a network um, station, and um, she was a mom, and she shared her job with another person, another woman who had kids too, so she would be home part of the time. And I thought that was so progressive um, for the time. That was like over twenty years ago for at the time, so progressive right. to do That's that. Right. And I think that that should be the case if a woman wants to continue working but still wants to be part of um, her own life that there's, there's ways we can figure this out. We can figure this out. And yes, this, look, we've, we've got this it with, one too. With the zoom, we've proved it that we can, we can oh, make this work. Like nothing. Yeah. Right? yeah. And to, to speak to what you're speaking to Elizabeth is I look at our next generation as well. Yeah. Think about the reform. When we talk about disruption and the industries that are right for disruption, education is right for disruption, particularly post high school education. Oh. And when I say that, is right. Look at what's going on with our colleges. Yeah, some colleges are making it like illegal to have to use their uh, the ACTs and the SATs. California yeah. is one of those um, the state schools that's starting to do that. Has already done that, mm-hmm. and also certain colleges also are taking away the um, essays. Yes. So you know, I, when I was growing up, that would have never been a reality. Are you kidding me? Never. Yeah. That would have never no. happened. So look what's happening now. 
So, and this is also why I'm so passionate about uplifting schools like the Westmark School in Encino, California, mm-hmm. run by an incredible visionary, Claudia Kuchek. And this is about post-high school education. What does it look like? Yeah. To be educated and to find success in life isn't about going to a four-year Ivy League or no. a name that everybody recognizes. It's about finding what your interest is, finding fulfillment in life, and ultimately, in that gift and that talent you discover, how do you give back? Yeah. How do you give back? So when I asked my 16-year-old son, I said to him one day, well, Benjamin, what does it mean to be successful? And he said, to be happy, to find fulfillment in what I'm doing. And I was like, oh my God, I could have never said that. I was like, great. I said, you did say that, right? <laughs> but, so that, these are our children. Our children are very different, you know, and, and I'm so encouraged by that. But who's leading that? Mothers. That's why we need to continue to support our mothers and their vision. Right. We need to do that. I think we're at a pivotal point right now that we can do that because yes. it's powerful. Like you were saying, you know, with, with the number numerology and the disruption going on, we're at a place where we really can push forward with this new idea. And I felt for years that the whole education system beyond uh, high school has not, it doesn't serve everyone. It's like ticking boxes that don't even apply to what it is you're going to be doing. I think you need to spend your time realizing your true self, what you really, what's going to really align with you and where you can be useful. Because when you can be useful in a way that's aligning with you, then you really are fulfilled. And, yes. and there's where you begin to grow. And it may not be what you do forever, but that grows. Just like, you know, we, you and I both started in different places and we're here now. So it's just a journey and, and, the, and allowing that. Yes, giving them that space to just figure that out and be aware of what it is that they do so well, why they're here. Right. And on a macro level, and what you're saying, it's the happiness and the fulfillment. But if you're looking at health, this is about self-preservation and also evolution to the next dimension of whatever that looks like. Our species continues to evolve. So if we don't, and why is the human being the most evolved? Because we have the mind and Beyond the brain structure, we have the mind mm-hmm. to help us. But the mind is a level of consciousness. So we have to actually be able to harness or c- control our mind and not, and this is why we go back to the importance of finding meditation and quiet and stillness, even flipping what meditation means. Oftentimes we look at in the, I think the outdated mode is you have to be sitting in pure silence, kind of put yourself in a quiet room and just have your hands on lotus and just, or sitting in lotus. But yeah. now we know meditation is really about finding inner stillness. And, and it's not necessarily solitude, but stillness in the din of a busy city and anywhere. And how do we cultivate that? You can find stillness arranging flowers, again, through creativity. You can find stillness painting. You can find stillness doing calligraphy. You can find stillness actually cooking inner stillness. Yeah. And so when we start to bring in, and that's what we do with Gifted Taste, is we start creating and bringing these different experiences so you can tap into another way of looking at meditation. I, look, I know a lot of people who say, well, I just can't sit there. I get it. For me, it takes me about three or four different things to get to a place of stillness. My, my morning uh, rituals right, is about a two-hour process. But at the end, it's not checking off the boxes, which would have been me 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So I, I get it. Like, okay, I get done. it. What next? <laughs> yep. You know, it's yeah. like the people who drive and, and they're looking around, they want to go hike, and yeah. then they drive around for 10 minutes finding a place closest to the, to the mountaintop so that they can, you know, have less walking towards the, the hike. I used, I used to call it productivity issues. I was always like, productive. You have to be productive. So, <laughs> but right. go back to the meditation that it takes a while to get yeah. to that place. 
And coming from a place of self-love and self-acceptance, that that needs to happen because that's part of building resilience for the next level of our consciousness or our growth, which is going to be a little bit more taxing. So each level is going to get harder. So don't try to skip. You skip, you're just going to fall down, right? Mm. So you've got to take them. And as you're doing it, sit in the space of gratitude that these opportunities that I have for me is to build, to make me stronger, right? And as I'm going along, fumbling, who's alongside me? Who's watching? This is where my soul is connecting with other souls. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you, we come and sometimes often, I know, because we are so driven to um, an end point, right? I want to be cured. I want to be this. I want to be that. It's in the journey. There's, mm-hmm. It's so relevant because as we go this way with our journey, the people that we're touching, as opposed to going from here to here, here to here, yes. you're just, and, and the top is a lonely place. Yeah. Executives can tell you. Yeah. But if you go along this journey here, think about the people you're pulling along and touching and healing you. Yeah. It's those blind spots that the best of us in our best days that we have. So, yeah. but it has to come from a place of compassion, self-compassion, self-acceptance, self-love, and ultimately unconditional love for self. And yeah. that takes going inside. We have to go inside. You know, I, I, I was just expressing this to someone about how, what's a tip for self-love that you do, Elizabeth? And I said, oh, because I'm a type A, because I, I work like nobody else works, <laughs> I'm sure you probably understand this, that um, when I was younger, I realized if I do not um, set up some kind of way of taking really good care of myself, I'm, I'm not going to survive this. Like I just knew my ambition and how hard I worked. So I really started reaching out and finding out when it really wasn't popular about yoga and meditation. And I really sought it out in my 20s. And I started practicing then. And I have practiced meditation throughout my entire life. Um, It is my first thing. And I mean, I do it every day. I I really make sure I take that moment of just Mm -hmm. being quiet. And, And that just like exercising, just like anyone who, uh, an athlete that exercises and does something over and over again, or, or a pianist or somebody, it's that, just that muscle of, of, of learning. And I can get to that quickly because I know how to get there in a noisy city, in a crowded room, in any situation, I can just go, I can listen to it, get there. And it's rewarding and it's important. It's survival for me. It's so important. So when people say, what do you do? This is the month of love, February. What do you do for self-love? And I said, I, I, I meditate. I meditate and I've been doing it for, for a very long time. Sometimes, you know, when I had small children and, and animals, and no matter where I went in the house, they'd find me. So I didn't do it as well then. I did, I did my best. But really now it's just um, so mis- vital. It's vital. That's to right. Me. That's and right. it's, it's really guided me. And right. um, when I'm, I'm there, then I know that I can really connect with my true self, like I said, and our, our, my true That's nature. Right. And That's that love, right. that love that is universal, is huge. Yeah. So yeah, and, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you talk about, too, what is particular to you, because I think that is also something for women to continue to do is to explore. And at different stages in their life, it's going to look different. And yeah. to be open to that right? But to be open and to be present, um, you know, to feeling what the world is to keep, the messages are all around us. It's only when we're ready to listen to them. Will they really kind of come to the forefront of our consciousness? So I think, like you said, it's for you, you realize that meditation work. And as I look back now, 
you know, for me, it was about cultivating gratitude. Somehow, like I didn't, I was just always grateful for whatever it was, yes. but that it looks different throughout the years, right? And it over does. the years, it's right. It's about how to be present for me being present and even little tools like, well, what does that mean being present? I try to look at things from the eyes, like through the lens of a child. And I always remember this because when my children were younger, I never liked zoos. I was like, they're stinky. It's hot. It's like, ugh, you know, but when you start looking and imagining yourself looking at the animals and people through the eyes of a child, you actually start enjoying it. And, you know, to the point where I actually enjoyed zoos. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's transformative. Right? That's right? pretty powerful. Yeah. I, right? It's about perspective. Yeah. How do we continue to step into like not being fearful of bringing new perspectives? But like you said, it's a muscle. All of these thought patterns are muscles. And the most powerful thing that we know now about science, medical science, is the science of neuroplasticity, right? And yeah. epigenetics. Those tell us that we can actually literally create our reality before. No different like when people talk about affirmations, like what is it? You say an affirmation spontaneously happens. Yeah. Well, as most of us know, affirmations and why they're so powerful is what it does is it causes your mind to focus on the objective at hand, whether or not it exists. Mm -hmm. So that's a form of meditation. You're quieting the noise, the din, so that when things come into your view that may present opportunities, doors mm -hmm. open, You've already been focused in on what it needs to be, and you start kind of taking, bringing those in. Ultimately, that affirmation will become a reality because you have done it, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like what the Buddha said too, is all our successes in life are really by human endeavor, human endeavor and intelligence. It's not mm -hmm. just, a, it just doesn't drop in. It can drop in your lap, but you have to be ready to catch it, right? And you can miss it. it. Yes. You can miss it. Yes. But the beauty of it too, is that if you've missed it, that wasn't your time to take it. Mm -hmm. It'll come back again. So you just continue cultivating say, yep. Yeah, okay. So that was then this is now keep on moving forward, but being present. Yeah. Right. Being trying to be really present and just to find the joy in things and knowing that the universe is supporting you because things are changing. It'll be mm -hmm. different. It'll be yeah. really different and you'll be part of that change. And the journey. And, and just enjoy that journey yes. because when we focus on the end game, um, we're missing out on the, just the wealth and right. just the, and, and the interaction with other people. And that's what life's about really is, is that we, we learn from each other and just this interaction, again, going back to women and how powerful the yeah. community is. And these groups um, are so incredible. So you have been so inspiring today and I just have <laughs> loved this conversation so much. And, um, I wish you great success and I know we're going to be collaborating together. So those of you listening, make sure you look because I will do something with Roberta, with the two of us, and, and I'll be um, posting it and, and letting you know. So thank you, Roberta, for thank this. Thank you so much I, for this wonderful opportunity to spend more time with you, Elizabeth. Yeah, it's been wonderful. You thank are you such so a much. delight and a joy. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.